Hi, I'm Trevor, and welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. If you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein we introduce each other to films, expand our cinematic horizons, and, in essence, catch up on our cinema. So it is the month of June 2021, and it is once again that time of the month wherein we do our special Tales from the Shelf episode. Uh, this month's installment I'd like to call Buffo Box Sets. Uh, and in joining me in this endeavor, however, I have my good buddy Brad from the Cinema Speak podcast. How's it going, Brad? Oh, it's going excellent. Glad to be here. And, you know, I'm surprised when you mentioned box sets. I'm like, how have we not thought of that one yet? Like, we've done so many of these and we didn't think of box sets. Like, come on. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like 101 movie collecting kind of stuff. Yeah. Where it's like you would have thought this would would have been one of the very early episodes. But no, actually, we've we've certainly talked about box sets, but we've never dedicated an entire episode to it so i figured why the fuck not uh, i've got some big fucking ugly shit on my shelf that i gotta talk <laughs> about i'm sure you do too oh yeah uh, so one thing up front uh we're not entirely sure what everybody's general definition is uh, for a box set so i believe the way we're going to be handling the discussion today is uh in this case box sets reference uh, a collectible case basically that houses more than one film or like say a tv series uh something along those lines so instead of like a, a large like collector's edition that only has like one or maybe even two movies in it uh these are just generally going to be like multi-movie boxes something along those lines um but brad uh are we gonna have to flip a coin here who's going first I mean, I feel like I usually go first. Should we just keep that going, or? I really do like having you lead the way, Brad. It really <laughs> makes my job a whole lot easier, and I have to do that really long intro. So, yeah, please, by all means, take that. The that lead. makes sense. That makes sense. Actually, <laughs> all right. Well, um, I got. I'll start with the box set here, of course. Now, I have a, a quite a few. I guess not quite a few. I've got three Criterion box sets, so I'll at least start with one of those. Um, of course, I, I do love the Criterion Collection. Um, and this box set, which I may have mentioned on a past episode, I can't remember. Um, it is uh, Richard Linklater's The Before Trilogy, which uh, is just a beautiful box set. I mean, uh, should we acknowledge that we, we might have video? This could be potential uh, video for people to check out yeah, of these box uh, sets? Yeah, actually, that's something I should have said in the intro. Uh, this may be this may very well be the inaugural video edition of Tales from the Shelf. Uh, so yeah, uh, if we're lucky with the technical side of things, uh, you may actually get to see uh, Brad's lovely Criterion package that he's holding up right now. And yeah, yeah that is a handsome package, Brad. Yeah, so you got the individual uh, films all kind of in. Uh, I guess I don't know what the word is for these, but you know they're not. They're just you know they're not snapped shut. They're just uh, kind of like cardboard, not cart. I mean you know they're nicer than it sounds. Um, but it is a really nice box set. You got a nice uh, nice booklet in there, like some pictures, some words. I will say, <laughs> I will say, not crazy about this artwork on the inside individual films, the uh, almost like hand painted artwork of the the couples and the uh, each that of the Ethan films. Hawk looks kind of Kevin Dillon ish. Yeah, it, I don't know something uh, they messed up a little bit there. But other than that, this is a really great package. And for the longest time, um, these weren't on uh, Blu-ray, and I think. Before Midnight did get a regular Blu-ray release, which I think I actually do still own that, just regular whatever it was, Sony Blu-ray or whatever. Um, 
but the first two never weren't on Blu-ray, and I really wanted them. Um, I actually did end up buying them on DVD because I just I, yeah I know right, but I was like I gotta watch. <laughs> I really love this trilogy. I love these movies. The second one is one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, so I bought it on DVD. Luckily, Criterion. I mean, I should have known, right? I mean, come on. Like, of course, Criterion will put this out. Um, but they put out a lovely set. Uh, admittedly, I don't think I have watched these films ever since I bought this set. <laughs> but I'm overdue. I'm overdue. Um, maybe I watched the second one because the second one's only like 80 minutes. Like, it's a nice, nice watch. But yeah, it's a great love story. Um, I think I've heard rumors that they may be working on a fourth. So if that happens, uh, this is going in the dump, obviously. But until then, um, this is uh, a, a great box set, I would say. And I, I believe there are uh, a plethora of uh, special features on here. You got some 2K digital transfers, uh, you know, just really great stuff. Criterion, they put a nice package together, as always. And I, uh, I'm, a pretty, I'm a pretty big Richard Linklater fan. I, I, I like a lot of the guy's movies. Actually, that was going to be my first question for you. Uh, his name has certainly come up uh, as we've had these conversations about our collections. Um, what would you say is your second favorite? Because it sounds like sounds like the one of those in the trilogy is your favorite. Uh, probably the middle chapter, like you said. But yeah. other, other than those films, uh, what, what else from Linklater is, is on your list? I really like. And I haven't seen all of his stuff. There's, I got a few. Like I've never seen a Scanner Darkly. That's one I really need to see. Um, I do really like Dazed and Confused. I'm gonna go out and go with like the most mouth breather choice though. School of Rock is an amazing crowd pleasing film. It is such for what it is. It is like almost perfect. It is so good. It's funny. It's so heartwarming. Like that final performance on with the kids on the stage is like, like if you're not tearing up at that like sequence, it, it, it's awesome. So I, I would probably say um, that or Dazed and Confused are my probably number two from him. Okay. Well, because you brought up School of Rock, um, now I can officially say I've actually seen a Richard Linklater film. Uh, I was about to say I hadn't. Uh, I didn't know he directed that. So yeah, I, yeah. I have seen that. And while it, while it didn't like resonate super deep with me, like it, like you said, it's the kind of film that's like you have to have a heart made entirely of stone uh, to not feel something like mm-hmm. watching, especially you know the final performance in that film. It's it's just that kind of feel good film. And it's pretty well made too. Like, yeah. the, like everything about it, it's a, it's a solid technical production. Um, but what's funny about the timing of the release of that movie is that like, it didn't like grip me. Like, it didn't resonate with me as anything particularly special. Um, but I have little cousins who just adored that film. And in fact, I'm almost a hundred percent positive. Combination of that and Guitar Hero were why the one of them picked up a guitar and really got obsessed with it and still plays to this day. Uh, so good job, School of Rock. <laughs> um, not not for me, but but for for people just a little bit younger than me, perhaps. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But I'm I'm curious, like, so Ethan Hawke was also in that Boyhood movie, correct? Yeah, I I do like Boyhood. Um, I mean, I I really liked it when I watched it. Certainly for like you know the accomplishment it was. I mean, I haven't watched it since the first time I saw it. Took twelve it, so. years to make, Brad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll watch, and I'll watch it probably once every twelve years. So, but, um, yeah, he works with uh, Ethan Hawke a fair bit. I'm trying to think if they did anything else together. 
I want to say they did, but I could be wrong. I'm sure they have. Uh, Ethan Hawke seems to be that kind of guy. Like uh, He has a lot of director loyalty. Like Antoine Fuqua, I think he's worked with multiple times as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Ethan Hawke's like, like quietly like one of the hardest working actors in Hollywood. <laughs> like he, he keeps fucking busy. And for every, you know, borderline direct-to-video stinker he's made, he's also made incredibly high-profile, like, high-art-type productions. I admire that guy a lot. Like, I, yeah. I don't give—I never give him enough credit, but, like, as the years have gone by, I'm like, man, that guy works really fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, it always seems like uh, he'll be in a few, like, duds, and it's like, is he, is he over? Like, is that the end of—is his career down the tubes? But he always comes back with something great, and— I mean, a lot of it could be uh, Richard Linklater. I mean, he had one of those before movies every nine years. I mean, that's got to definitely boost your, uh, you know, reputation in certain circles. And then Boyhood, I mean, even in, like, stuff that is, like, a little bit lesser tier, I think, like, him in the movie Sinister, I think for a horror movie performance, he's great in that. I think he's awesome in that movie. Yeah, uh, I believe we actually ended up reviewing that for Catching Up on Cinema. And, yeah, he was great in it. Like he mm-hmm. he usually is consistently good to great, like regardless of what he's doing or like what he's in, he's usually fine. But yeah, I just think it's funny that he had the before trilogy and Boyhood. So the idea of coming back to these these productions years and years and years after the fact seems to be something that's not foreign to him at all. Uh, so if they do end up making a before four. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all, uh, given his mm-hmm. track record, because that's very unique among actors and directors. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for sharing that one, Brad. That was a that was a really solid one. I I should have seen that one coming, being as you you find a way to bring up the Before trilogy <laughs> pretty much every time we talk, um, such that I, I'm like getting to the point where it's like, man, I should probably just fucking watch those so I can. You like, gotta watch it, man. Yeah. yeah, so I can see what the big fucking deal is. Um, I'm unfortunately that kind of guy that I, I get squirrely with my with my viewing habits, where it's like the things that I know I should be watching are not the things I'm watching. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I suppose the ball is to me. Um, So I'm going to give us something completely different, (laughs) which tends to be the case uh, when we pivot to my picks. Uh, So Brad had a Criterion Collection uh, box set. Very classy. I have a Warner Brothers slash New Line box set um i i would assume that new line is owned by warner brothers at this point i'm actually not sure because for a minute there i thought new line pictures was dead but now i've i've seen they've like resurrected the brand kind of similar to like uh orion pictures Mm. where i Mm -hmm. thought orion was dead for years um but it it's it, it exists in zombie form in some capacity who knows who it actually belongs to but there's only five companies in the whole world, folks at home, just so you know. <laughs> but um, my box set is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pizza box set. Oh, wow. oh I like and, that. And as you can see, it is made of a cardboard uh, insert here that looks very similar to a pizza box. In fact, if you look at the back here, it has that's pretty cool f- faux grease imprints. That is cool. And, now, uh, what is it? How close to a pizza box does it feel? Is it like a little uh, rough or is it uh, too smooth? It's a little bit more sturdy, but it's surprisingly accurate. Yeah. And, and the color scheme and everything makes me think of the the old Pizza Hut, the uh, the black the black white and the like. I, I used to call it like the aggressive Pizza Hut logo, 
Where it's like it look it like the font was pretty intense. Like it's like Pizza Hut. <laughs> oh yeah. And then they like made it all friendly and shit and colorful when they started doing like the Taco Bell pairings and whatnot. Where it's like, why is there green shit on my Pizza Hut logo and why does it have a swooshy <laughs> bit? It's like no, we need we need the we need the stern strong Pizza Hut logo. Yeah. From my youth. <laughs> they fucked up, man. They yep. fucked up. Yep, back in the day when you had to walk 15 miles in the snow to get Pizza Hut. <laughs> Gold darn it. Um, but yeah, you open it up and the disc. Okay, that is like cool. Pizzas. That is cool. Is this... Um, the, okay, well, I don't want to interrupt you, but are these the live action films or what What are we talking here? Uh, actually, this is the first three live action films, okay. uh, including that third one, which I haven't watched because I have no need to watch that. I saw it on VHS as a child. There are countless videos on YouTube you can look up telling you just how sh- god awful that film is. It's pretty fucking bad, folks. Uh, especially because it was kind of advertised as quote Turtles in Time. It does involve time travel, but it is not Turtles in Time, which if you ask me is basically the best side-scrolling beat 'em up video game ever made. Um look it up, kids. Uh <laughs> if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's it's special, but um, it also includes the, I think it was 2007 uh, CGI animated film. Okay. Uh, I think it was titled TMNT, uh, which is not half bad, but it's also not astounding by any means. It's it's very much a fart in the wind. It exists. I, I watched it once on Blu-ray via this box set. Um, but we also have some goodies in here in the form of a bunch of photo collections here. Um, I don't know why they chose the tmnt3 version of leonardo to put in there uh it's the worst looking version of that particular costume there's also like a uh i think it's a uh sweatshirt material like beanie that i haven't opened because okay i have no need to um yeah there's also a booklet in here oh it's the uh it's a collect it's a uh miniature trade paperback of the original eastman and laird tmnt comic uh so i I did end up reading that um and yeah it's a it's a wonderful little box set uh and these movies uh the first two anyway (laughs) uh, are very very special to me i'm not sure if that's the case with you brad i know there's a few years age difference between us um but tmnt one and two two in particular when i was when i was little i was born in 87 um i i loved that movie i watched it over and over and over and over again the first one in retrospect it's like yeah that's it's a much better film um but as a very little kid the second one just the the repeat like the re rewatchability factor of it was incredible for me yeah definitely not uh i don't have the same level of nostalgia for it for sure but uh I love that set is great, and it looks like from what I'm, the quick research I'm doing, it looks like it might be unavailable. Does that sound right? Like it's no longer available? Um, I got it when it was brand new. I haven't. I mean, once I have something, I generally don't follow up on it. So you gotta uh, follow because you gotta see. Like I'm pulling it up on eBay right now, and um, I don't. I don't know how much you paid for it, but right now there's a listing for that for ninety dollars. There's one for one hundred twenty-five dollars. I mean. God damn! We might uh, be finding out. Uh, we got some uh, some cash cows in our yeah, collection here, sitting on piles of cash that we're not going to cash in on because we're degenerates and we and we have problems. <laughs> it's good to know. It's just good to know. You it's, have just, it. it's just good to know. It's just good to know. Um, but yeah, uh, Brad, uh, if you haven't seen the first two TMNT movies, 
check them out, man. Uh, they're they're a good time. The they certainly have not aged spectacularly in terms of like the humor, I guess. Like, and they are made for little kids, but um, it could just be that I have a hundred percent nostalgia goggles for them. But I I really do love those first two movies. Yeah, no, I watched them probably as an maybe I was in high school, but probably as an adult for the first time. And uh, I thought that I've I've only seen the first two. Well, I've seen the animated one. I've seen I guess the only one I haven't seen is three. So, but the first two, yeah, I thought they were good movies. I like I didn't love them, but I thought they were definitely good. And I could see where if I'd watched them at a younger age, they would have hit at the right time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I think that's a fun thing to do every once in a while. I I do that like see I call it a seeing what the kids are up to like i haven't actually watched that live action power rangers movie uh, from a couple years back um mm-hmm. i grew up on the 90s one I, I have the dvd of that one but um i i actually wanted to watch it just to see what the flavor of it was to see like what what is it the kids are into these days and i actually took i took that challenge um when it came to the uh platinum dunes uh ninja turtles movies uh, they're not michael bay directed they're financed by michael bay but he did not direct those i think it was the battle los angeles guy if memory yeah, serves right yeah, yeah um the guy that did the the was it the jessica beale texas chainsaw massacre oh did he do that one i think he may have i could be totally wrong but either way it was platinum right, dunes yeah. but uh yeah those uh platinum dunes ninja turtle movies they both suck all sorts of balls see i <laughs> i think the first one is i i didn't think it was as bad as people were making it out to be i thought there was at least some fun moments in it but um I'm not, not that i thought it was great or anything but it, i thought it had its moments i mean when it comes to franchises like that what's what's really curious to me about ninja turtles is that i uh, it's it's one of those franchises that i I walked away from it, but it kept on rolling. Like they never stopped. Like it, like yeah. it just kept on rolling. And uh, even though I stopped paying attention, that doesn't mean that new fans from each subsequent generation would latch onto it at different points. And that results in a product that continually evolves and sheds its skin, uh, which is why it's kind of interesting for for me and you know adulthood to watch a movie that's clearly not made with me in mind, and just be like harumphing at all the things that I feel are <laughs> wrong about. And then I have to like flick a switch in my brain and tell myself that's like, oh, that's right. This isn't my Ninja Turtles. This is supposed to be for my like kid that doesn't exist. <laughs> but hey, it's like they say in the famous movie quote: "Turtles never say die." Wait, no, that was Goonies. No, but you know what? Same thing applies. You know, turtles never going. stop, never stopping. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it, it's one of those franchises that I I don't see an end in sight. Just the the strength, like the basic archetype of all the characters, is so easy to re like rejigger like yeah. for for you know like endless iterations. Um, such that I think they're actually working. I think Seth Rogen's attached to it, like a new Ninja Tur- a new new Ninja mm. Turtles movie oh. when they had two movies only a few years ago. So. Yeah, uh, turtles never die, <laughs> something like that. Um, but yeah, that's enough out of me yammering about turtle shit. Uh, how about you, Brad? What What do you got next? Well, shit, that was a good box. Shit, that's be, I don't know. I don't know if I have anything that can top that. Because like sometimes those novelty boxes, like you know, I'll tell you, if you pull one out this episode and it's gross, 
Listen, I'm going to have to tell you. I'm going to have to tell you, but if I think so. But that one is like one of the novelty boxes that is like, that is actually really good. That's yeah, Brad, really good. Brad is going to reach out through the webcam. Go, come here. Come yeah, here. yeah. Come, come, come here. <laughs> Hudson, come um, here. Come here. <laughs> but, uh, you know, speaking of uh, looking up how valuable something is on eBay and looking up uh, something that is bidding for $125, let's go into this next one from me. This is the Halloween Complete Collection uh, set from Scream Factory. Now, um, for those listening audio only, uh, I got I do have to make a disclaimer here. This is not the uh, one with the black cases where there's 10 individual cases. This is the slightly uh, poor man's version. Not, not poor, not totally poor man's, but the slightly, a little bit more poor man's version of um, it's two... Uh, blue cases with the exact same discs. And, well, actually, no, it's not the exact same discs. That's a lie. This doesn't have the producer's cut. Um, but, yeah, so that's a bummer. But um, <laughs> So I guess it's not the same. But basically, it's basically the same other than Halloween 6 not having the producer's cut. Um, and, uh, yeah, I do love the Halloween franchise. And I think – I don't know if I didn't get the 10-disc set, like the full – 10 black cases one at the time because it wasn't available or I was just like I wasn't vibing with it because it was just so big I don't know because when your collection is a certain size something like that is almost like a little too much like now my collection is the point where it's like that wouldn't really be an issue it wouldn't stand out but um anyway uh this is uh out of print it is on eBay. I mean, I just looked it up. I think it, this one there was a bid for it at uh, for 125 um, versus the one with the black cases. That one is going for about 420. Uh, so you know, there's a, there's a difference there, but this is still you know getting a nice little chunk of change here. If I did have to, uh, you know, sell some of these, if I get in a pinch, if I start gambling or something, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, Halloween uh, franchise, I don't want to say it's like my favorite horror franchise, but I certainly like it more, and I have more of a connection to it than something like Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. Like In terms of like the big slashers, this one, for some reason, even though a lot of the movies are garbage, uh, I don't know, just because I love the holiday, and I did watch the original at a fairly young age. Um, it is a franchise that I do like to go back to. And it's fun to just like how complicated these films get, like how unnecessarily complicated. Like, uh, like the Friday Thirteenth ones, they, there's a little bit of continuity between them, but for the most part, it's just kind of a reset sort of thing. Um, where this one, like, they really go out of their way to connect everything together to a detriment for the most part, which uh, does kind of make it fun in a way. How ridiculous things can get. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a really great set. I mean, tons of special features, um, and yeah, it's a it's a really good uh, really good package there. Yeah, uh, I I think personally I I veer more towards the Freddies and the Jasons uh, when it comes to my my slasher franchise of choice. Um, that's mostly bolstered by the fact that I have the uh, the four hour documentaries. Uh, about those two franchises mm -hmm. um and in having subjected myself to those documentaries more than once in fact there was a stretch of time where i, I just had those on a loop like i don't know what the fuck was wrong with me but <laughs> i watched both of those more than once yeah um, because i have that particular kind of relationship with those films uh it adds an extra layer of depth 
to it somehow. Um, I I know there are documentaries about the Halloween franchise, but I don't think it's a in its exhaustive detail. Uh, if one was to come out, more than likely I would expect the same people to approach that that domain. Um, I would totally consume that, and I'd probably put I'd probably make that a triad. Basically, it's just like oh, I just like all three of them. Yeah. Um, but because of that, I I just have like a different attachment to those franchises, not just as films, but as just like cultural icons. But um, those movies are are kind of remarkable, though, in how they. It's almost like like the Fast and Furious movies when it comes to their management of their lore and their canon, where you have the Cult of Thorn shit. This is like, oh my god, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, do we really want to add this shit to the? Do we really want to go down this road? Okay, let's do it for the next three movies or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah, and then it gets real complicated where H two O comes out. Yeah, and that one acknowledges one and two, but it disavows everything since and then the halloween the new one comes out just halloween 2018 or whatever and that one doesn't even acknowledge two that one cuts out two because that's where they first introduced the uh brother sister storyline mm-hmm. so that one it's a reset where you re you read everything but the original is gone which it's just kind of funny how the reboots are it's just very interesting very interesting yeah it's kind of funny how um it almost parallels uh, the Godzilla films in that way. Like, I don't, I don't know how well you know the the Godzilla series, but generally that's how those work. Is that, uh, especially in like, in like some of the Heisei films, and like even in the Showa era, like generally the rule of thumb is the first one happened. Like Godzilla attacked Japan in 1954. All that other shit is bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, throw all those other movies out the window. It's just the very first one. And then whatever one you're currently watching. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, at later points, though, they did do like multi-film continuity, and it's continuity in in film in particular is always a really fascinating thing, uh, just because of uh, the time it takes to produce a film, where it's not like television where you have seasons or you have like weekly installments of of a storyline that even if it's being crafted on the fly, you know you have new chapters every week, um, but with movies you have these years long gaps <laughs> it's like a lot can happen there like a lot of writers can say fuck you to the studio and leave mm-hmm. like yeah. leaving everything like burning the fucking writer's room down as they leave the studio and stuff so it leaves you in hot water like as we've seen with uh what was it the jj J. abrams uh, star wars <laughs> situation oh, yeah. and stuff where it's like clearly there was a roadmap in place they didn't exactly adhere to it and stick the landing but i don't know like like I think I've asked you this before, Brad. Like, what would you say are your your favorite Halloween movies? And they don't even have to be in that box, like, just in general. Like Halloween the Holiday or the franchise? <laughs> like the, the franchise. I, I okay, meant, like, okay. like if, if the Rob Zombie movies are your favorite, I don't have a problem with that. You can say that. No, no. I will say uh, this might be controversial. I do think Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 is better than Rob Zombie's Halloween. I'll say that. That is controversial. Yeah, I actually, I think there, and it's not a great film, but I think there's some interesting stuff in that second one that keeps me coming back to it. Um, No, I I mean, no, I don't have any great answers for that. I mean, obviously the first one is the best. Yeah, that's in a league of its own, honestly. I would probably say the reboot would probably be my second favorite. I think the reboot is, the the new reboot. Um, So Halloween, then Halloween. Um, 
And and then let's just throw in Rob Zombie's Halloween. So the top three are Halloween, Halloween, <laughs> Halloween. Now, um, I do like I like H two O. I would probably say original, the new Halloween. Then I would probably say Halloween two would be my top three. The first sequel. I think the first sequel is not like amazing by any means, but I think it's a pretty well done eighties slasher. It's pretty fun. The hospital stuff. And uh, I like the third one. I I mean, I don't know. I feel like people, because the the cool thing now is to say, oh, the third one's amazing, you know. But it's like, I mean, I don't know if I'd go that far. It's it's good, but I don't know if I'd say it's amazing. But uh, it's definitely in the upper tier. Yeah, I, I'm I'm glad you pointed out that the cool thing to do is to say Halloween three is the is the best of the series yeah. because <laughs> that didn't that didn't used to be the case. Um, back in the day, people shat all over that movie. Yeah. Uh, no, nobody liked that movie. Everybody hated that baby. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's a fine Halloween movie, both both seasonal and franchise. Um, Tom Atkins is always fantastic anytime he appears in anything. Um, and of course it has a killer ending and a great soundtrack, but yeah, it, I don't think of it as being, I mean, hell, it's not even better than night of the creeps when we're talking straight up Halloween movies featuring Tom Mm -hmm. Atkins. But, um, I do like the, I like the immediacy of Halloween too. Like, I like that idea of it taking place in the same night. Um, and I like that the, the violence is stepped up a little bit where it's Mm -hmm. like, it, it, feels like the second chapter of the story where it's like yeah if you're going to continue this story over the course of the same night you better fucking put the pedal to the metal and like make the stakes feel higher um it's a it's by no means like a a super exceptional slasher but i do have a soft spot for it Um, i think the only one in the entire franchise i haven't seen is resurrection and that's with good reason (laughs) because i don't know man you might want to check it out there's some good moments in that um i mean the whole uh karate chopping or karate kicking uh, michael myers and i mean the, the funniest part in the movie is when uh um what is it is it buster rhymes my or is it uh i believe it is buster rhymes yes i think yeah yeah when he is walking around with the michael myers mask and he walks up to the actual michael myers and he like berates him and then michael myers just lets him walk away <laughs> 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 Well, and I seem to remember my brother telling me that Buster Rhymes engages in fisticuffs with Michael Myers and wins. Yeah. <laughs> and then the movie kind of farts to to a conclusion, that, like a completely just like non-ending. And then guess what? We rebooted the franchise right after that. <laughs> yeah. It's not good, but I don't know. There is something to the point where it's like they finally just started getting like dumb with it. Like, it, I don't know. I feel like with a lot of the Halloween movies, they were not that this is bad, but they were almost kind of like treating it way too seriously at times. Like it was like, th- this is like a great horror property. We can't have fun with it. We got to take everything super seriously. And I think with that one, they kind of started to like, whether it was just on purpose or whatever, but it gets real goofy. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of, after, if you watch them all in order, it's almost a little refreshing when you get to that one, just because of how dumb it is. I could see that. I think a big part of my aversion to it is just the time period in which it was made. Oh, like, it's just, ugly. Just the, looking at it, it's like, this is an ugly fucking movie. It's real bad. Like, yeah, because the reality show stuff and the, the, the cameras they use for the reality show that capture the, you know, ugh, it's bad. It's real bad. Yeah, no, it 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 just it looks like straight garbage, honestly. Like I, 
I have a lot of trouble stomaching that these days, but um, maybe I'll check it out someday. Um, uh, before we move on, I will say that, um, like you, uh, I do actually think fairly highly of uh, H2O, though. Um, and again, very similar to Resurrection, my opinion of it probably has something to do with the time period in which it was made, uh, because I remember the marketing for it. I remember being excited to see it. I oh, remember yeah. being at my friend's house and popping in the VHS tape and watching it and being like, ooh, this is this is a horror movie. And it wasn't even like super violent or anything, but just like at that time, it was kind of a big deal for me. Um, and I, I, I just remember it being pretty solid all around. Like it, it looked nice. It moved pretty quickly. And uh, I liked the third act quite a bit. It, it mm-hmm. didn't come across as cheesy. Like it felt like, yeah, this is this is where this movie should go. Might be. I mean, other than the first one, I would say probably the best ending to a Halloween movie as well. Just the immediacy of just the the swing, the chop, <laughs> and it's just like bam, credits, done. Well, Love yeah, it. it it it's it's a good way to go out. Where it's Boom. like we can't top that. We're out. <laughs> and then, I forgot all. Forgot about that. How they retcon that in Halloween I, Resurrection. Yeah. Do you want to explain it, Brad? Because I I know. But do you want to explain to the the listeners? Do you want to spoil it for them? So yeah, at the end of Halloween H two O, Jamie Lee Curtis takes an axe and chops off Michael Myers' head and kills him. But then in Halloween Resurrection, we find out that it was actually a cop or a security guard or something that Michael put the mask on. And so basically uh, she like chopped off the head of an innocent man and Michael got away. Yeah, apparently she had a psychotic break and she didn't see that it was not Michael Myers. And yeah, he had the foresight to put his mask on someone else. Yeah. (laughs) What a great retcon. Yeah, what a great retcon. (laughs) And I'm sure she was thrilled to have to come back for Resurrection. Uh, where oh, yeah. didn't they kill her off in like the first 10 minutes or something oh yeah she's not in it very long no yeah I, i'm sure that was in her contract where it's like i i have a contract stipulating that i have to do this i'm not being on set for more than one day <laughs> yeah 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 jesus well halloween uh, kills will be out eventually who fucking knows now yeah, they said for sure this year, whether it's in theaters or not. I mean, it's looking like it'll be theaters this year. But, uh, you know, they said no matter what happens, it's coming out this Halloween. So, OK, well, I'm, I'm actually kind of looking forward to it because like yeah, you, I, I actually quite liked uh, Halloween. Was it 2018 now? Jesus. How, yeah. how could it have been that long ago? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I suppose the ball is to me. And uh, you did mention um, box sets that are too big. Oh boy! And you've seen this before, Brad. Every any anybody who's seen my apartment has seen this. Before. I think I know what this is going to be. Yeah, you know what this is going to be. I'm not super proud of it, but I, it's just the segue that you gave me, so I'm, I'm going with it. Bye. <laughs> so this is the Die Hard Nakatomi <laughs> Plaza collection, and it is as large as my torso. And it is That's a giant great. plastic Nakatomi Plaza. Uh, there's, it includes some, like, I don't know, like postcards, I think, of all the villain characters. Um, and in the base of the tower, which I'm just going to leave in that box, I'm never taking it out, um, is this <laughs> this dainty little slipcase. <laughs> that- so the, the discs aren't in the tower. They are in this slipcase that are that is in a drawer in the base of the tower. So I just okay. took this out and I put I it guess, on my shelf. Okay, 
for but easy it's access. In dr- it's in a drawer in the so it's is in the tower in some way at least. Yeah, it it comes packaged okay. inside the tower. Okay, but okay. I I took it out because you know Die Hard Die Hard movies are fun to watch except for except for five. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about five. Yeah. Um. So it's nice for me to have it. You know. In it within arm's reach as opposed to having to open up a box, pull out a drawer, open the thing, you know, fuck with the tower, all that stuff. I don't fuck with the tower, Brad. I don't fuck with the tower. It it occupies space in my apartment because like we like we said, we're degenerates and we're filthy collectors. But I have this on the shelf for ease of access. And it's I kind mean, of stupid say... actually, because it's just this little thing that has all five movies in it. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for that drawer, if it was, if that just came like separate in that box, I would say just toss that thing in the garbage. Just toss that tower in the garbage. <laughs> but I mean, at least it's got the drawer, so you're good. You're good. I, I would hold on. It's, it's cool. It, it does look cool. It is cool. <laughs> well, what's kind of goofy about it was at the time I bought it, uh, for some reason the tower was cheaper than this guy. Really? Oh, so okay. I was like. Are you fucking with me? (laughs) I think it was because of what you mentioned about taking up too much space. It's like, we're having problems liquidating the towers. (laughs) Like, nobody wants to buy the tower because it's too big and stupid looking. Yeah. And then my dumbass is like, oh, I'll save a buck and get the big tower. (laughs) How many many casual movie fans that just want to watch Die Hard every couple years uh, are going to buy a giant tower and keep it just in their living room? Yeah, for real. No, this this is not for filthy casuals. Yeah, as they would say in the fighting game community. But, um, yeah, it does include all five Die Hard films. I hope we don't get a sixth. Um, I'm, I'm happy. I'm content just knowing there are four Die Hard movies because there doesn't need to be a fifth, let alone a sixth. And Brad is putting up his finger, which tells me he has some bad fucking news. No, for no, me. no. I just I was gonna ask. Does it include the recent? Bruce Willis Die Hard car battery commercial is that would that be considered the <laughs> sixth official Die Hard? That's a Nakatomi Plaza DLC. Uh, oh, you okay, have to okay. you have to go to you have to go to the Fox, aka Disney website, to download that, and uh, you can install it as like firmware on your Blu-ray player. <laughs> uh, no, it has the it has the five movies. Um, if memory serves, the Blu-ray of uh live free or die hard that's included in this box that very thankfully includes the uh the r-rated cut um which is important because that i actually have a soft spot for that movie I, I i don't know if that's the case with you brad but a lot of people start shitting on the franchise at four i think it's fine it's not really a die hard movie mm-hmm. it's it's clearly like actually the entire franchise has a history of being uh like a, a square peg round hole type situation where the literally the entire franchise basically uh, they took a different script and slapped the diehard name onto it and kind of trans transmutated uh, the property into the franchise film um if yeah if memory serves diehard with a vengeance was was based on like a, a book or something the first film was based on a book i think the second one was as well fourth yeah. one was based on uh I don't know if it was a book or if it was just a, a rejiggered script, but uh, it was it covered the same basic steps. It just didn't have the John McClane character, basically. Um, but yeah, I have a I have a soft spot for Live Free or Die Hard. I think it's just fine. Uh, it's made a little bit better by the ADR uh, f bombs and uh, CGI blood, um, but five is oh my god! Like five five is just awful. 
Like five, five makes me sad. Like it, it depresses me, Brad, <laughs> just to I, think I, about it. I've never seen five, and I feel like I have to because all I've heard is how bad it is. I mean, I kind of, it, I does look bad from what I've seen, but I don't. It's, it, honestly, it's got to be work because I mean, what I've seen, it looks bad, but it doesn't look like that bad. So like, I got to see it to see how bad it is. I mean, this was kind of the movie that put Jai Courtney on my shit list for, yeah. for like forever, honestly. Like he started popping up in all these franchise movies, franchises that I love and and hold in very high regard. He just started polluting them with his presence. <laughs> and and a good day to die hard. Oh my god, that title. Uh, a good day to die hard. Aside from the uh, the freeway sequence in the like in the first act of the film totally irredeemable like there, there's so little it has to offer like they make very little use of the locales it takes place in russia um and one thing i noticed about the choreography of a lot of the action scenes was uh, there's a lot of falling from absurdly high heights and it's all dolled up with cgi to the point that takes away any sort of dramatic Im- impact uh, but something i noticed with the choreography is that like so many of the gun battles and stuff happen like across the room and it's like it's like bruce willis like hip firing a like a literal machine gun like like an m60 or something so he's moved he's moved up in the world he slowed the fuck down but he's moved up in the world when it comes to his weapons of choice but it's just like him like hip firing very casually at people they're scrambling around the other side of a like a very large like auditorium or something Mm -hmm. and you take that and you compare that to the the tooth and nail style of like the John McTiernan movies where it's like everything is just like it, it appears unchoreographed because it's ugly like yeah. nothing about it is glamorous and every every kill he gets in that first Die Hard movie is like a mini miracle like the first fucking guy he kills is on accident he fell on his fucking head <laughs> <laughs> he was grossly outmatched and he luckily fell on the guy's head um, but in, like Die Hard 5 for some reason he's basically invincible and he's just like casually mowing down gangsters from across the room it has no dramatic weight or tension to it it, it's shit it doesn't help too that the if you were to look at this inter- like video game structure the mid boss of the movie is also the last boss of the movie mm. it's like it's like okay we have an action set piece involving a helicopter what are we going to do well we're going to do basically the same action sequence involving literally the same helicopter it's like didn't we see that like 40 minutes ago and i think yeah. it was better the first time <laughs> It, it's it's a shit show, Brad. You really don't need to see it. Um, although maybe maybe if like you're really pissed off at your girlfriend and you want to like subject her to like some masochistic viewing, do some hate watching or something, maybe you could do like a double feature of a good to, good day to die hard and Terminator Genesis. Yeah, <laughs> it's like back to back. I mean, if I if I really wanted to, uh, you know, push it, I can I can come up with some more stuff that would be uh, probably a little more traumatic uh, for her than that but i'm uh, sure i've seen bits of your collection brad i'm sure you got a lot of ammunition there (laughs) like if if you need to if you need to torture someone with your movie collection oh yeah double dose of jai courtney (laughs) (laughs) that would be bad that would be brutal that's fair Uh, he's he's the worst man i don't know what it is about the guy like like i guess he has abs like he he's masculine he covers his accent decently well I, I want to say that he got most of his gigs probably on the strength of the Chris Hemsworths, the, the Hemsworths of the world, where it's like, yeah. we need we need an Aussie. Why? Because they're fashionable right now. It's like, well, he's got abs, and he 
kind of pug faced. Let's let's give him a paycheck. Yeah, and I feel like I don't want to be. You know, it's not all him. I mean, I don't think he's great in any of the movies he's in. But I mean, it's just he just. I don't know if it's bad luck or what, but he just like bad movie after bad movie after bad movie. I mean, maybe if he had been in something that was good, it could have maybe upped his reputation a bit. I mean, his career could have gone in a way better direction, but he just never really had any breaks like that. I think I saw him in a like a an eat 'em up actually. Uh, it was called Rogue, I think. Oh, uh, he's he in just that. he just kind of played a brutish like like Australian like guy, and he okay. was fine. Like he was fine. He's usually fine. I think his agent just has it out for him or something. Maybe, yeah. Like yeah, maybe he has yeah. like a really nasty agent who just hates the fuck out of him, but like <laughs> gets him these roles that pay a lot of money. But it's like it it doesn't exactly reflect well in either of their reputations or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, could be, could be, could be. But anyway, that's enough of me and my uh, Nakatomi Plaza Tower collection, Brad. Uh, ball is to you, sir. What you got next? Well. I think you're certainly going to win for the biggest box set. I don't have anything that can uh, compete with that for size. Um, yeah, I, I, you don't have the, the Breaking Bad uh, drum collection, do you? <laughs> I do have that, actually, um, but not here. It's in another room, but I do have that. But anyway, um, this one, we're going to go back, class it up a bit. We'll go back to the Criterion well. Um this one, now this might be a little more obscure for a lot of people out there because I'd never heard of this this guy, this Joker. I'd never heard of this Joker until I bought this uh, set. Actually, I was gifted this set. Um, so I hope this still counts. I didn't buy it out of my own wallet, but it is in my collection. Um, and uh, I'm, I might butcher his name. I never looked up how you pronounce it. I think his name is, it's Pierre, is it Itai? Itai. It, I I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah, I, my my ex was uh, fluent in French, and I didn't pick up any of it. <laughs> so so yeah, I, I can't help you there. Sorry. No idea. But I didn't know who this guy was. Um, and I just started going through his films in this collection, and uh, he is uh, he's he like I said, he's a jokester. He's a joker, because these are uh, comedies. These are some great French comedies. Um. I know a lot of people, I've not seen any of his films, so I can't compare him, but a lot of people compare him to Jacques Tati. Okay. Who might I'm be familiar like with a, him. a step above this guy in terms of like recognition. Um, but certainly, I mean, these films came out in like the 60s, so they're not silent films, but very similar to like a, a Charlie Chaplin or a Buster Keaton style humor. Where, you know, it's it's a lot of those gags where there'll be long stretches of just, like, visual gags. And, you know, there are times where it will almost feel like it's a silent film because, like, the whole scene will play out with him just, like, um, that one of, there's a short film on here. I can't remember which one it is. But um, it's one of the short films on here. And basically the whole thing is him trying to write a letter. And he just keeps having issues with his pen. And it's just gag after gag of him trying to write this letter, and like the pen is out of ink. So then he goes to get the ink, and the ink's got a leak in it. And so then the, the ink is spilling all over the floor. So then he's got to get, you know, towels, and he's trying to clean that up. And the letter gets in the ink, and you know, it just kind of like keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And like there's hardly any dialogue in it, and it's it's that kind of humor. So if you're a fan of that kind of humor, this guy is great at it. Honestly, um, I think a lot of people say yo yo. 
is uh, his best from what I could tell on the interwebs. Um, I think The Suitor, which is at least the first film of his in this set, I think it is. Um, I think it's his first film altogether, is probably his funniest. The Suitor was is very funny. I was... I got to rewatch some of these because I was really cracking up at it. Um, I really liked uh, Le Grand Amour as well. I think that might have been out of his set. I'd have to check on Letterboxd. I think when I went through and just did a deep dive on this set, I think I did give that a five out of five. Um, that was the one I was like, I'm going to give that the elevation to the top. But um, yeah, it's uh, some great films. Probably a lot of people have never heard of this guy. Um, I don't know how well known he was back in the day but it seems like he has been forgotten um and it's got pretty much i think all of his filmography and then a few of his shorts and uh the last one i did not watch the last movie it's actually a documentary on like i want to say it's like circus performers because i think that's where he got his start he was like in the circus and that's where he developed his kind of routine and then he took it into film but yeah um really cool set from criterion and uh just like look at look at what a joker, what a jokester right there. <laughs> yeah, he, he looks incredibly funny just from yeah. that picture. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, you got another book in here. You got some nice. You got some Ooh. great stuff. Like, wow, just, just great stuff. Real Handsome great package. He, he kind of looks like uh, what's his face, Jean Dujardin. Kind of looks like. Uh, am I thinking of the right guy, Jean Dujardin? Maybe not. Yeah, it could be. It, it, it's a look. It, it, yeah. it, it's it's a look <laughs> it's one we've all seen before you recognize yeah. it when you see it but but if you, i mean i don't know if these are on the uh criterion channel um but if they are and you are subscribed i would i would recommend checking them out i uh, i quite liked uh this guy's movies so that was it was a cool surprise just going into this not knowing anything about him and just kind of really digging what he did damn that uh, sounds like a fantastic gift a uh, family member give it to you or something <laughs> I'll just say uh, she's uh, not uh, involved in my life anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she's not in the picture. But uh, I mean, I, I mean, thanks for that. It was a great gift. I mean, if she's out there, I mean, I know she's out there, but I mean, if that, thanks. It was, I mean, I still <laughs> um, have that. <laughs> I'm not getting rid of that. I'm sorry, Brad. I didn't mean to peel back some no, it's scabs. Right. There. It's, it's, okay, it's, 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 okay. it's all right. I'm Jeez. fine. <laughs> Is it hot in here? <laughs> Gonna be a shitty night at Brad's house. <laughs> uh, are, are, is he a strictly an actor? Is he also a director? I believe he directed all of the films. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah. And and I I didn't catch uh, what time period? Like sixties, seventies? Yeah, these were mostly in the sixties. Yep. That sounds yeah. right. And then, yeah, the documentary was 71, but, yeah, most of them came out through the 60s. Okay. Yeah, th- that sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, I'm a, I'm a sucker for physical comedy, like, like any any kind of mime-type stuff or just, just like you said, the exercise of that person trying to draft a letter and having everything go wrong. It actually brings to mind, and this is a very lowbrow example of something, uh, as we're talking about a Criterion uh, collection uh, reminded me of like Ernest or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like Jim Var- the comedic stylings of the classically trained Jim Varney uh, and his Ernest P. Worrell character. Because um, if memory serves, there's actually a gag in Ernest Goes to Jail, which is the best Ernest film. Let's <laughs> let's not mince words. Ernest Goes to Jail is top tier Ernest. I have not um, seen that one. I gotta check it oh, out. Oh, you gotta check it out, Brad. Don't waste your time with. Uh, 
What was it? Ernest Saves Christmas is okay. Yeah, well, um, I, I, it was okay. I like Ernest that one. Goes to Africa. Hmm. <laughs> I don't even think. Uh... <laughs> uh, I can't. Slam Dunk Ernest is also kind of a. Mm. <laughs> I gotta go through and watch all these because. <laughs> I actually I like I do like uh, Jim Varney. I think I mean I think he's pretty funny. He's talented. He's inc- he's incredibly talented. Like I've seen him do like Shakespeare and yeah. He he they've always said that you have to be a good actor to also be a comedic actor. Like mm-hmm. comedy's usually advertised as the most difficult to, thing to do as an actor. Um and I believe it uh because I that's part of me wants to say that's part of why you see actors like Robert De Niro and Meryl Streep do some like weird comedy films every now and again like if you think about like all the other things they've done their filmography it's like well if you think about from that perspective asking them to be funny actually is a stretch like in terms of reaching for like a challenge like striving for challenges an actor it's like actually it seems easy but if you look at their track record it's like this is probably really hard and intimidating (laughs) like especially Meryl Streep like I, I don't know if she actually sung in Mamma Mia but I don't know if she'd done a musical up till then Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, doing choreographed dance and stuff. But um, yeah, Jim Varney was fantastic. But uh, going back to Ernest Goes to Jail, there's a gag um, where he has to do, he's serving as like a jury member for a trial and he's chewing on a pen and he ends up biting the ink in it and it just starts pouring out of his mouth <laughs> and just the camera holds on him and just ink is and he's got like tissue and he's just like, like that sounds amazing and he's like looking at the people sitting next to him like trying to pretend like oh i don't know i don't know what's going on like i don't see any ink it's fine yeah yeah and it's great like it's i don't care who you are it's like it, that's why guys like Jackie Chan were able to transcend national borders with with their success as actors is because just the physical act of comedy transcends language. Yeah. Um, Mr. Bean also is a good modern, somewhat modern example. Yeah. No, Mr. Bean was fantastic. Rowan Atkinson, it was great, but Mr. Bean in particular, yes, that, that crosses language boundaries. Like Mm -hmm. like it's just, I don't care who you are, where you're from. That's fucking funny. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But can't yeah, wait I, until uh, Criterion puts out the Ernest box set. That's gonna be great. Oh, I would be I would be ecstatic. Like I, I would buy. I would. I would buy, buy, that, would buy, would buy, buy that day one. Yeah. <laughs> you hear us, Criterion? You will have our money. <laughs> Give it time, Brad. Give it time. They'll run out of legit good movies, and they'll be like, "What else we got? What else?" Ernest. We haven't put out an Ernest box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll happen, Brad. F- fingers crossed. It'll happen. Uh, but yeah, uh, I I will have to do my best to keep that one in mind because that that sounds right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I'll have to tell Kyle too because I think he might still have his Criterion Collection channel, uh, Criterion Channel uh, subscription. <laughs> yeah. Check out and see if they're on there for sure. Okay. Sounds good. Well, um, let's uh, bounce to something lowbrow. That seems to be, <laughs> that seems to be the rhythm of this episode. <laughs> Brad brings the class. I bring the the large and dumb. Uh, um, hey, I tried to get it a little trashy with the Halloween collection. There was that's mostly trashy. Uh, well, uh, this is absurdly large, and I kind of regret purchasing it uh, because it was at a time when 4K was but a twinkle in someone's eye uh, that wasn't me. Um, this is the Dark Knight uh, trilogy box set. 
This is the obscenely large limited edition number 31,000 something or other out of 141,000. So there's a lot of these fuckers out there. It's yeah. not like it's it's <laughs> not like it's rare or anything. That's not really why I bought it, but uh it comes with a big old booklet and like a hot wheel <laughs> of the tumbler. <laughs> Um, and it's kind of a pain in the fucking ass uh, to pull the discs out of because it comes in one of those. Uh, here, in fact, I'll just open it up. Oh, yeah, and it comes with a, a letter from Christopher Nolan saying, thank you for spending too much money on something big and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, all the movies are housed in one of these guys, mm. kind of similar to the James Bond collection, which you can actually see in the background up there. Yeah. Um, and these are these are awful to fudge fingers can't <laughs> yeah i'm not a fan of that sort of yeah no uh, I'm, I'm not packaging. a fan of that either yeah um but yeah it does come with like a production photo book and and a hot wheel <laughs> that's a, it's that. a nice set i mean it's big but it's nice i'm not entirely positive why i bought it i think it was the timing where i i, I didn't even know what it was i just had caught wind of the fact that Yes, the Dark Knight films are coming out in a collected format, but there's a different collected format that's coming out at some point. Uh, it's kind of similar to, like, what is it, The Lord of the Rings, where the extended editions came out after the fact, if, if memory serves. And I don't like the idea of double dipping. So it's yeah. like, I'm only going to buy these movies fucking once, although I did buy DVDs of Batman Begins in The Dark Knight. Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, I think I think my mindset, and this was a long enough time ago that I actually can't quite remember. I think my mindset was I was going to hold out hope that the other collect collection was going to be superior in some fashion. Um, unfortunately, at that time, I wasn't quite as aware of Christopher Nolan's habits as a director, uh, in that he really doesn't give a shit about special features. He yeah. he, he treats his films like magic tricks. There's a reason he made The Prestige. Uh, he doesn't like to tell you how the thing was made. He doesn't like to take you on a tour through the sausage factory. He just wants you to watch the movie on a big fucking screen and shut up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this was a little bit of a waste on my part. But I waited so long for it that I was like, I I got to get it. Like, like I, I deprived myself of owning these films long enough that I just pulled the trigger on it. Let me, real quick, you keep talking. I'm going to grab my version of those films for comparison. Um, okay. Yeah. This won't be an official entry, but just for comparison's sake. Yeah, Now that we've got a means. video element going on here. Yeah, uh, folks at home, uh, if you're not aware, uh, I actually have a podcast called uh, Catching Up on Cinema. <laughs> you are listening to it right now. But uh, we actually did a deep dive on the, the Batman film series, and... Uh, we covered the Nolan films extensively, uh, so if you want any details about those, uh, go ahead and pull up one of those episodes. Uh, you probably have a good time with it. Uh, but it looks like Brad has his box version of it. It's a handsome package. Has yeah. the whole trilogy. Uh, I was kind of just curious because I haven't watched these in a long time. I kind of forgot what this box set looked like, but it oh, it's one of these that opens up in like a so it's only three uh, foldable things that fold out into each other, so not too many. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's got a booklet as well. I mean, your, yeah. yours is definitely, uh, it's a handsomer package, but you've got the size to deal with as well. Yeah. I, I think I would have preferred to have yours. Um, like I said, I was holding out hope for additional special features rather than a fucking hot wheel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
which I could not give two shits about. I have a lot of stupid collectibles. Hot Wheels are not among them. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this was a bit of a blunder on my part, but uh, it's big, it's dumb, uh, but fortunately it does house uh, some mostly very good films. Uh, I very much enjoy the Nolan Batman films. Uh, I even defend The Dark Knight Rises uh, quite frequently, honestly. It's not a perfect film. Uh, it's certainly not the best in the series, uh, but it has a lot of things that I'm I'm very happy that we actually got to see realized on film, like Bane being chief among them. Like a yeah. totally different rendition of the character than was featured in the comics that I was I was born in. <laughs> but uh, I was I was very happy that we finally got to see that character on film and. All I needed for the film to be good in my book, and I say this a lot about certain movies, is like, all I needed was for that fist fight in the middle of the film to be good, and it was good enough that yeah. I was like, okay, doesn't matter what happens with the rest of the movie. I got, I got what I paid for, what the trailers were promising me, and you know, can't ask, I can't ask for much more than that. And uh, it, it is a, it's a mess. Like it, it really doesn't end the trilogy in a fantastic way, but it does end it, and. I think as time moves forward, like over the course of this episode, we talked about franchises like getting a little bit long in the tooth, like Ninja Turtles and Halloween and stuff, not and whatnot. Um, I think as time moves forward, endings are going to be something that we all start to get very nostalgic for uh, because we're robbed of them uh, so often these days. Mm -hmm. There's that there's that (laughs) trailer line from the most recent star wars movies i think where and i think they used it to advertise disney plus where it's it's almost like a warning like it feels like a threat where it's like no one's ever really gone it's like <laughs> oh fuck they're not lying <laughs> like, like like the movie industry works by comic book logic now where it's like oh he, like uncle ben is the only guy who's allowed to stay dead forever like everyone else gets to come back yeah who was it uh was it uh, is it Peter Cushing they brought back for uh, Rogue One? Is that right? Yeah. 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 And uh, you know that's that's where we're at, Brad. We're we're bringing people back from the dead, man. <laughs> Slippery slope. Slippery indeed. Yeah. Um, for sure. Um, I, I expect we're going to be seeing quite a bit more of that. But yeah, when it comes to the the Dark Knight films, I'm just glad that it, like they closed the book. Like I yeah. do, I do not see them going back to that. Even with all the talk of multiverses and whatnot, which coincidentally both the MCU and the DCU EU are uh, both doing multiverse concepts parallel to each other. It's kind of amazing how that pans out. But um, I, even with all the talk of that, I don't think that they're gonna touch the Nolan Batman movies. I don't think he would let them no he'd probably be very very vocal about that if if they try if warner brothers tried to do something like that although i mean him and warner brothers are kind of on the outs right now yeah after the hbo max thing uh yeah he was pretty vocal and he said some nasty stuff he he bit the hand that feeds him oh he's pissed pretty harshly yeah yeah so yeah maybe you're right brad but uh it would it would make me sad to see yeah to see christian bale or even like gary oldman as commissioner gordon show up in the flash movie Are you fucking ezra miller headlining a flash no we don't need that but it yeah that would actually make me sad to see like michael kane or, or gary oldman as one of those characters in a in a non-nolan related batman property that would, that would just feel like sitting in barf yeah <laughs> yeah yeah 
Um, anyway, that's enough about Batman. Uh, seems like I can't ever get away from Batman. But uh, what you got, Brad? What's next? All right. Let's go with one. I think I've showed this off to you before, but, uh, you know, we're going box sets. I got to bring up this one. This one was put out by Wellgo, and it is the Phantasm Collection, which, um, you know, I, I think... I think it was the hype for this I got from Blu-ray.com. Blu-ray.com in the forums, people were getting hyped for this set. And uh, I actually bought this at FYE for like, it was only like 60 bucks or something. It was a steal. And I remember like people like online, it was like kind of almost hard to get or it was just more expensive. Like people were kind of like freaking out, scrambling for this thing. And I go into my local FYE, and they're like, yeah, we've got 10 copies, and it's on sale for 63 bucks." I'm like, shit, well, I'm going to get one then, I guess. Um, had never watched the Phantasm movies, but I uh, had heard real good things about the first one, and a little, little bit I'd seen of it, I was very intrigued. And I got to say, after watching um, four out of five movies, I can say that, uh, no disrespect, but I'm not a fan. Um, I do think the first one, it's got its moments, but, uh, the second one is not good at all. Like I, I, they don't even get progressively worse. Like the third one, I remember kind of liking a little bit more than the second one, but the fourth one is pretty hot garbage. And, uh, the fifth one, what I've seen, it's at least visually looks like hot garbage. Cause I mean, it just is like that came out in 2016 and it's like so low budget and, very weird, very weird set or uh, collect like series, I guess. But uh, the set itself, I think, is kind of how things need to be done. I mean, individual clear cases. I love how it's just it's the ball and the, the, the one, the Roman numeral one looks great. I mean, everything about it is an, it's an awesome set. I mean, we, we're even talking reversible artwork in here. I mean, they really went all out on this. And I don't know in that many well-go... Uh, discs or anything. I don't even know if they've done anything quite at this level since, but they really outdid themselves with this set, and I was real pumped to uh, buy it and put it in my collection. I just wish um, I liked the movies more, or liked them at all, I guess. But, um, you know, <laughs> what can you do, right? What can you do? It was still worth the 63 bucks. Uh, maybe one day... See, I didn't watch the fifth one. That's how bad... Like I was like, I had one more to go, and I didn't even finish it. So now I got to start it all over to get to the fifth one, which is going to be a pain, but I'll do it eventually. <laughs> eventually. Um, yeah, I haven't seen uh, any of the Phantasm films. I know them by reputation, of course. Uh, first one looked like trippy, like a head trip. Like, like this is made by Dream Logic. Like, yeah. good luck, good luck getting on board with the vision of the director here. But isn't that like a, a common thing between all the movies like isn't like at least one cast member like a supporting player and the director is the same for all of them uh i don't i want to say he didn't actually direct every single one but he's like at least involved in like he's a producer on every one or he wrote he's he's involved in every one like i think he somebody else might have directed like one or two of them um that sounds that sounds more right than what i was thinking so it's kind of similar to like child's play where we have a guiding hand like a shepherd for the franchise i i i dig that actually when you have like that one commanding voice that is kind of guiding the franchise into the later years of its existence um 
I saw some the last fo- one actually that he didn't direct. If I'm reading this right. So. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> I mean, he found his thing. I guess. Uh, I guess only only he understands it. But it has a fan base. I don't think they're particularly loud. Uh, but they like i'm sure each and every one of them has that box set yeah they're allowed on blu-ray.com i'll tell you that much okay um i do know it has a fan base um i'm not among them because i haven't seen it but i did see some footage from that fifth one and youch uh that that looked pretty awful um just from a visual standpoint uh, and one one little thing i mean this is real real small critique of this set but i do have to say you know, a m- very minor, but uh, Scream Factory actually, before this set came out, did put out the second one on disc. So if you check out the uh, the the spines here, you got Welgo and oh, Scream. No. Welgo, Welgo, Welgo. Oh no, so, that that doesn't look great. <laughs> yeah, just the mine. Like, and to be fair, I mean, when it's on the shelf, that's how I have it facing out. So you don't even have to out of sight, <laughs> out of mind. Well, I mean, they they had to get paid. I'm sure it was like a a, a duel for the licensing. Um, yeah. But yeah, Wellgo is is an interesting uh, distributor because uh, I know them because they they put out like all the Asian action films, like mostly mm-hmm. Chinese and Korean stuff, and a few Japanese movies here and there. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that they they branched out into horror and stuff, especially that kind of cult horror. Um, but in terms of licenses to grab, like especially licenses that you can put in a collectible box set like that, that's very attractive to people who are, you know, rabid fans of it. That that's a that's smart business, honestly. Um, and I think they're doing really well because they they started their own streaming service called Haya. Uh, I've advertised oh, it before. I believe I believe Wellgo uh, owns it or at least operates it or something. Um, and they're also printing the discs of the films that are screened on that service. So they they must be doing pretty well. Uh, I, but like I said, I didn't know they were doing horror. Um, I don't know that I'll ever get around to watching the Phantasm films. I might like look up the soundtrack at some point. I heard some good things about that. Um, but mostly like I've, I've just stuck to like YouTube reviews and summaries of them rather than watching the whole film just because i found it more enjoyable to go about things that way i don't know if you're familiar with the i think he's a canadian youtuber a brandon tenold uh he does horror movie reviews like mostly schlock horror movies and stuff um he covered a couple of the phantasm movies and i got a couple laughs out of that so it's like yeah if that's the extent of my relationship with phantasm i'm fine with that yeah, yeah, I'm I'm just scrolling through Welgo's website, and yeah, like you said, definitely, um, a lot more like you know martial arts films, like not a lot of horror films on here besides Phantasm. So kind of an interesting, but I they probably made good money on it, honestly. So, like I said, in terms of licenses to grab, I'm sure the asking price wasn't super high, and if you put it in a nice package like that, you're probably gonna make your money back. Yeah. So. They're doing fine, and I, I, I guess I support them because I certainly own a lot of their products. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of which, I wasn't going to bring this one up, but I may as well because you gave me a perfect segue. Um, I have my own uh, Wellgo box set oh. here, and that would be uh, the... It looks like it's like faux canvas material uh, box set of the Ipman uh, f- four film collection. This is a extraordinarily handsome box it's that also nice yeah it's it's like embossed <laughs> that's good and and it, yeah it has you can't quite see it on the camera but it has like canvas material um 
and yeah it has all four yip man films the wilson yip and uh donnie yen films uh on 4k uh, i i want to say there's also a uh, blu-ray version of this but this is the 4k edition and uh it comes with uh, a little booklet here um and a poster and yeah all four films on uhd and all of them have well go on the logo <laughs> as opposed to scream Factory. oh boy um i have bought these films uh probably three or four times honestly uh originally on bootleg dvd then i moved up to well, not bootleg not boot, hong, hong kong dvd like no, legitimate hong kong dvds uh all region with english subtitles and then i upgraded to blu-rays which i still have um and then i actually bought Ipmon 4 on 4k uh via well go um individually and then they announced this box set for a very 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 nice price and i was like well fuck now i'm gonna have an extra <laughs> disc laying around not the worst thing in the world because well go usually doesn't overprice their discs but um none of these movies is especially stunning on 4k um even even the fourth one which just came out um first two movies if, if memory serves actually look kind of raggedy it may have had something to do with the way they were filmed honestly because uh, they they do not look very good on 4k uh fourth one has a problem where i, I think i talked about this with you before brad where um donnie yen you know he's he's in his 50s now folks um and also he's smart like he's a he's a filmmaker in addition to being a martial arts a martial artist slash actor uh he uses stunt doubles pretty pretty liberally honestly um and a problem with with the fourth film on 4k is that they decided to do this thing where they superimpose his face onto a different actor's body uh so the the cgi just it, it sticks out like a sore thumb on like on your tv screen in the theater not so much i did actually get to see the movie in the theater um but at home it's like ooh, that's not donnie <laughs> it's like ooh, that's not donnie either it's kind of like uh watching the the burly brawl from matrix reloaded and pointing to all the agents who aren't hugo weaving it's like yeah. that's not hugo that's not hugo that's totally not hugo <laughs> that's a cartoon <laughs> Um, but yeah, this is a, a very handsome package. Seems like when it comes to box sets, uh, I don't know that WellGo puts out that many of them, but they seem to have a knack for it. So maybe keep an eye out because they're, like I said, like unusually cheap as well. How much did that? Uh, how much did that run you? If you don't mind me asking. Less than fifty. Ooh, that's pretty good. Yeah, for four four K discs and a book and a poster and a nice box, it was cheap. Like straight up, just cheap. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I did something wrong, Brad. But um, have you seen any of these uh, Ipman films? No, I keep meaning to. I just, I, I still haven't. I mean, honestly, that is that was that box set limited edition because that might be that would look good on the shelf. I gotta say, no, it says complete collection. I don't think it's limited in any fashion. I mean, what does it say? I'm more likely to buy them all on 4K before I watch them rather than like sampling them and making sure i actually like it <laughs> <laughs> well i mean to be to be perfectly honest uh as far as i understand a big reason why the mon series took off in this country was uh because of netflix honestly yeah, that's where um, i first saw it 
Yeah. Well, I didn't oh. watch it, but where I, I saw it on there, you know. Yeah, I, I'm sure they're still widely available on many streaming services, uh, so you don't need to spend money on it. But I would I would recommend checking them out, though. Uh, they have they have a they have that Hong Kong melodrama to them that it if you're if you're in the mood for that particular flavor along with you know some really high quality martial arts uh, you'll have a good time uh, mm-hmm. part of the attraction for me to these films was always the fact that the, the spectacle came in the form of martial arts as opposed to like other things like like that's that's something it's always difficult when it comes to trying to seek out and consume uh, movies of this nature for me anyway is that like sometimes you end up in a situation where you take what you can get where it's like when it comes to martial arts on film in in american cinema these days i still show up for fast and furious movies on the off chance that you know punches will be thrown in anger uh hopefully over the course of a couple minute action scene they don't really seem terribly interested in doing that anymore probably because everyone in that cast is a non-martial artist and well aside from like jason statham but um and they're like almost 50 by now (laughs) um but like when you get that sweet spot like in fast five and six and seven there there was a place for that and they still kind of advertise these movies with the promise of that although seems like they've strayed away from that at some point but um what i what i mean to say is instead of like car chases and gunfights and stuff that's not why you pay to see an ipan film you pay to see people punch each other and so when it comes to those scenes, the filmmaker, Wilson Yip, knows well enough to just like lock things down and be like, well, we're not going to jump away from the scene for the next five minutes. That's what, you, that's what the people paid to see. We're going to give it to them. And st- instead of cutting from, a, what, Jet Li in a fight club uh, and then cutting to uh, DMX riding an ATV through the streets of downtown, <laughs> instead we're just going to focus on Jet Li in the fight club. I always love that about Cradle to the Grave. That's like, have you seen that one, Brad? I've never seen it, no. Okay, well, Cradle to the Grave. Definitely on my list of shame, though, for sure. Cradle to the Grave is one of those, uh, I like to call it the uh, Kung Fu Hip Hop Connection films, (laughs) where in the late 90s and early 2000s, there was a subgenre that emerged that I think almost all the films were directed by the same guy, where it was, we're going to take martial arts and smash it together with hip hop. So we had Romeo Must Die, we had Exit Wounds, and we had Cradle to the Grave. And uh, <laughs> Cradle to the Grave has a sequence that I, I always point to as being like an example of how not to edit two action scenes parallel to each other. Yeah. And it's it's Jet Li fighting in, an entire cage full of like mixed martial artists, including Tito Ortiz and like Chuck Liddell, like the biggest name guys of their day. And then we keep cutting back back and forth between like Anthony Anderson doing like fat guy fall down humor and dmx casually riding an atv it's like one of these things is so much more interesting than the other two but we have to cut back and forth between all of it and it ends up turning into a jumbled mess um yeah. anyway <laughs> you guys should make uh that genre that uh hip-hop martial art genre that should be your next master class <laughs> i don't just need think to come I... up with one more I don't think Kyle would let me. <laughs> I think Kyle would walk out on the show if, if I suggested that. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, the kung fu hip hop connection though. Maybe that maybe I'll have to do a solo series on that. I, yeah, I guess you could just dedicate a whole month to it. It doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to have the. I just mostly said master class to give it a little prestige. But yeah, just give it a whole month, man. <laughs> kung fu hip hop connection month. Like I said, if if I propose that, I'm pretty sure Kyle would just like block me on on his cell phone and just be like fuck this guy i'm out <laughs> yeah i mean i i couldn't do it i couldn't watch all those in no, one I, month. i don't God. think anybody but me has the stamina to, to to subject themselves to that much dmx writing that many yeah. tvs although anthony anderson is pretty fucking funny in Romeo i like him yeah, yeah. put yeah. these nuts in your mouth is the best part that came out of that movie <laughs> put these nuts in your mouth put the nuts <laughs> in your mouth <laughs> Yeah, look that up on YouTube. I gotta check that out, I guess. I gotta <laughs> just, check just out. Yeah. Put these nuts in your mouth. Uh, hopefully, you don't find something uh, obscene. Yeah, I gotta um, watch where I type that in at. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was mine. Uh, I talked about the movie a little bit, but um, Brad, what do you got next? All right. Well, you know, speaking of Masterclass, I think you guys covered this franchise. I wouldn't. And. I feel like we brought this up on the on another episode. I would not be surprised if this is in your pile right now. I don't know. I gave you plenty of chances to pull it out as one of your picks. I'm going in. I'm grabbing mine. Uh, the Alien anthology. Yeah. Did you guys cover the whole, or at least the first four, right? Uh, we actually covered everything but Prometheus. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, we yes. we did we did end up covering Covenant after the fact. Yeah. Um, but. Prometheus uh, is something, folks at home, if you're not aware, uh, that it's kind of a uh, subject of debate amongst uh, myself, Kyle, and Brad from the Cinema Speak podcast. Uh, one of these days, one of these days, Alice, uh, I'd like to have you back on the show, Brad, uh, so we can, all three of us, uh, do a review of Prometheus, because it's certainly worth talking about. Yeah. And unlike some people, I actually do value hearing other people's perspectives on things. Uh, so I think it would be a lot of fun uh, for us all to have a chat about that one. Yeah, I'm always down for a rewatch of that, so I'm I'd, I'd be into that for sure. Um, but this does not include Prometheus; it's just the first four Alien films. But I gotta say, this coming from just you know, this is just from Fox put this out. It's not like a boutique company put this out. In terms of like big studio box set collections. I don't know if you can get much better than this. This is such a great package. You know, it's kind of like a, a book style. And I'm like, just look how handsome. Now, I will admit it's got the thing, you know, I'm, again, not crazy about that kind of uh, minor complaint. But, I mean, look, just look how beautiful this is. It really is just a handsome package. Um, and I do believe it. each film contains both, like, the original theatrical and then there there's, you know, director's cuts or what 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 have you whatever they call them i think there's two cuts for each movie like alien uh three it's not a director's cut like or is, is do they call it a director's cut i don't think they do uh, as far as i know david fincher divorced himself from that property yeah uh he doesn't consider it his own film um but it it is like an alternative cut where uh the major difference is the origin of the alien uh it's different animal uh okay. in theatrical cut it comes the chest burster um, comes out of a dog. It's a very traumatic scene for a friend of mine. Yeah, uh, he was raised in a household with a dog, and that scene in particular just ruined him. Uh, the alternative cut, though, comes from like a water buffalo or something, or a yak. Really? Oh. Yeah, yeah. So they they filmed additional scenes for it, as far I as I don't recall. Remember what version I've seen? That's that's the problem. Like, 
I do like multiple versions, but like I I never know which ones I've most recently watched. I can never remember the differences. That that is one thing where especially if it's like you know, there's not too many major differences. It's always like, well, which one do I watch? I mean, whatever. But yeah, if memory serves, the uh, alternative cut also removed the bit where uh, the chestburster comes out of Ripley as she's falling. Oh, okay. Um, I seem to remember that being excised from that one. I'm um, pretty sure that's then I've seen the cu- version that that is in because I remember that. So okay, because yeah, the theatrical cut. It's a cheesy moment for sure, but yeah. it, it's shocking where it's like oh she's falling ah and her chest exploded (laughs) it's like ah she's gonna die twice (laughs) i i gotta say like i don't want to start calling people out here but why not like listen i david i love david fincher and i know he's it's well documented the issues he had with that film but the whole thing where these directors they get they get to this a-list status and then they they go back and say no that wasn't my movie that doesn't count and it's like, listen, listen, bud, listen. I know that without that movie, and I would cut Mank too. Mank, I wasn't crazy about Mank, but before Mank, and if if you cut that movie out, I mean, this guy is batting like a, a thousand. Like this guy, even Benjamin Button, I think is a good movie. Like this guy's like is hit after hit after. So he's like, listen, he's looking back and he's like, I I had some issues with making that film. That's that's the that's the you know the dud on my filmography. That is the the you know the splotch that is just like the stain on my Mona Lisa of films. He's like, I just got to start saying it's not my, it's not mine. I don't I don't count it because then everybody will listen to me and they won't count it either. And then I will be a perfect director. I feel like I mean I've been seeing you know. I've been seeing people do this and like, I don't know, like James Cameron, even, I mean, Piranha too. He's cut. He not my movie. It's, it's cut. It's cut. Um, I'm sure there's other examples, but a lot of people just, they, you, you gotta acknowledge that first movie. Sorry, bud. You had to start somewhere. It's your movie. Your name's on it. Yeah. If I, I, if I turn in a paper in college and I just stole somebody else's paper, but put my name on it and that grade goes into my grade it that was my paper i turned in it doesn't matter you know it's your permanent record brad <laughs> sorry david record. sorry it's, it's <laughs> sorry your dave sorry bud <laughs> you fucked up it's okay <laughs> it's yeah. like, you got better <laughs> no uh, i think he has the advantage of having uh disowned the film much earlier than a lot of the other people like mm-hmm. like he was he was pretty vocal about it i think pretty early on um and and it is documented it's, it's extensively documented how how pushed around he was on that production like the the studio really did kind of give him the run around and kind of fuck with his baby a little bit uh so i agree with you but at the same time it's like if you're if you're going to try to play that game he played it right like he played it very smooth. He did. He but he he did. But you can't. It's like you just you can't say Seven was his first film. Like no, you, you just it can't wasn't. Do it. it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. that's all. He I, <laughs> would he say that? Like if we asked him, what was your first movie? Would he say Seven? He might. <laughs> See, that's, sorry, David. No, it's not. Because if that's the case, I mean, we might be talking the greatest one of the greatest debut films of all time. But sorry, bud, you can't do it. Can't do it. God, Brad, I'm thinking of you as a uh, a young uh, Joe Pesci from My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> it's like the story that Ralph Macchio tells about him uh, harassing the magician. <laughs> it's like, 
Poor David Fincher is trying to give a, a speech. He's standing up on the stage behind a podium. He's talking about the wonders of filmmaking, and all you can hear is Brad saying, You're a big fat phony! <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit, Dave! Your first film was Alien 3! Listen, somebody's got to call out these uh, famous directors, and I guess it has to be me. I mean, it's I love the be guy. You. I love, yeah. uh, listen, David, I'd rather watch Alien 3 than Mank. Sorry. I would rather rewatch Alien 3 than Mank. Mank. Listen, bud, it just didn't work. I'm sorry. If there's any film you should be cutting, it's Mank. Jeez, Brad. Spitting hot fire. <laughs> sorry. The hot just, takes has, today. It's got to be said. It's got to be said. <laughs> Man, you've had so many hot takes the past couple months. <laughs> well, I mean, especially now that there's a video element. I mean, we got to keep dropping it. I mean, yeah, we got to yeah. drop those hot takes. Yeah, that's right. That's how we get viewers and whatnot. Get those hopefully. numbers up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, folks at home if you want to check out our alien Masterclass, we did cover all the films in the series they're all pretty great in their own way even alien resurrection it's a kind of a goofy busted movie in a lot of ways but uh from just a pure audio visual standpoint it's pretty handsomely disgusting <laughs> it's like, like it, it is disgusting don't get me wrong there are some scenes in that that are still a little bit hard to watch uh, much like the ending of like Akira or something like grotesque in that sort of way. Um, but just the artistry and like the production design and the lighting and stuff and the, the makeup effects in particular, it's, it's a pretty awesome movie in that way. Even if like the, the characters and the tone are just all over the place, but yeah, I actually do have the same box set and it, uh, I think Kyle does too, actually. Um, and it, it is worthy of being on any one shelf. It, it really is like, prime example of like a, a big a big studio box set done right yeah because it gives yep. you everything you could ask for and more and it looks handsome on your shelf it is it is a good one the spine looks great oh yeah no it, it looks fantastic i i like that one quite a bit and in fact i'm this close to putting on aliens again i don't know what the fuck is wrong with me but for some reason i've had aliens on the brain and i might have to watch it again uh, yeah it's one of those movies you can just put it on anytime. Man, you really can. That's the problem. <laughs> it's too good. It's too good, Brad. Um, but let's see. What do I got next? Uh, so this one uh, should be absolutely gorgeous. Um, but unfortunately, I got it at a uh, secondhand store. Um, I don't know if it's still expensive, but at the time its price was climbing very rapidly um and yeah i i got this at a half price books that unfortunately closed down it makes me very sad uh because that used to be like my plate my happy place i would just go there hang out in the comic book in the movie section uh, and usually walk away with something nice but um like i said in its day this probably looked phenomenal but it is beat to shit uh, doesn't smell very good <laughs> oh boy <laughs> but i have it and i didn't pay too much for it uh this would be the uh neon genesis evangelion perfect collection on oh, okay. dvd <laughs> <laughs> and uh here you have the eva 01 face kind of embossed with the red highlights on the eyes and then the ner nerve logo uh and then all of the individual discs that fit into the box it's the entire uh eight disc collection uh i believe it's 25 episodes and uh, I own the uh, the movie, the end of Evangelion, separately. Uh, doesn't have space for it, but um, there's also one more disc uh, 
floating around out there. This is from ADV Films. Uh, hmm. If you're not, are you familiar with them at all, Brad? I don't think so. No. Okay, I wouldn't expect you to be. Uh, they specialize in anime, and I don't know if they're a major player these days. Uh, in the early 2000s, they were like one of the big, big distributors of anime in this country, um, but I think they've been uh, swallowed up by some of the other big places uh, like was it discotech and funimations like the juggernaut because of yeah. dragon ball and stuff but adv in its day used to be a big deal but there's one other disc that i don't have it's a uh, death and rebirth which uh i've seen as far as i recall it's just like a compilation of the last couple episodes of the series it's like a clip show basically it's like i have, oh, okay. the, I have the thing i don't need it <laughs> but um anyway it's a uh, the presentation of the discs is fine. Uh, it's standard definition, unfortunately, but it uh, comes with the caveat being that uh, I don't know if this has been ever released uh, in the States in HD. Um, it very recently, like when, within the past year, um, came to Netflix um, in the US, which obviously would be HD to some degree. Uh, but I don't think any physical version of this of the series exists in HD in this country. Um, so hey, you're good then. You're good. There's no judgment on my end then. Yeah, uh, I'm curious what the price is on this these days because, like, the second I'm sure I'm sh- I'm sure the second it gets licensed and distributed in HD in this country, the price will just like bottom the fuck out. But um, the the series is is an interesting one. I brought it up before on the show. Um, it's I want to say it, it may have like a similar to a lot of the other properties I brought up today. Uh, it may have a little bit of a, you had to have been there quality to it where this came out, I think in like 1998. Um, and I was exposed to it around that time as well. So I was like 11 or 12 years old. It's perfect timing uh, for me to get like overly involved with a series like this. And uh, much like the Christopher Nolan Batman series, it has quite a few warts to it. It hits many speed bumps, but uh, on the whole, it's kind of a special project. It's kind of a special product. Like, like there's really nothing else like it. Uh, it has a whole host of imitators out there, um, and it's it's unfortunately one of those series that I can't really explain to anyone um, because I don't think anyone actually really 100% understands it. <laughs> Like if you've ever even glanced at the Wikipedia for the series, it's it's a nightmare. It's a what, total fucking nightmare. <laughs> what's the name of it? One more time. Uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. E V A N G E L I O N. Let's see here. Yeah, you might want to check uh, check eBay here. You might some good prices here for what you got there. Well, it's beat to shit, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, these ones look a little nicer, but this one, uh, I'm assuming it's the same box set. Uh, I mean, 230 230 what they're asking for it. Oh! oh. oh. Yeah. Uh, now, that's not, that's not sold. Now that we have video, Brad, I can do the Antonio Banderas. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> okay, here we go. Sold items. Let's see. <laughs> Okay, sold sold were a hundred bucks. Okay, or, that's well, well, two hundred. Uh, no, yeah, at two hundred. I'd say you're going up to two twenty five. Yeah, well, oh I, yeah. I, I I appreciate you doing the like work. Um, now that we have video, maybe that's more interesting for people to listen to slash watch. But, um, yeah, Brad, uh, I would. 
if if you're in the mood for for something targeted at adolescent audiences that has giant robots and really like a lot of navel gazing like like really heady concepts that aren't really ever really explained to you like if you're in the mood for something like that maybe check it out because hmm. uh this is one of those series that it's i don't think i'll ever 100 percent understand it but it it just has a feel to it that it got me at exactly the right time in my life such that it's very difficult for me to to point my finger at it and straight up call it bad it's like yeah. no it it has so much merit to it it's you just don't understand neither do i but <laughs> but i understand it just a little bit more than you um but yeah like i said it totally could just be like a, you had to have been there thing uh, honestly um i'm sure an equivalent to the series comes out every few years or so only difference is i'm not paying attention anymore so but yeah this was that for me uh, in middle school it was a big fucking mm-hmm. deal i was pretty obsessed with it for a minute there yeah well it's got a special place in your heart i mean it does it does such such that i've like considered trying to subject my girlfriend to it and see if she can stomach it i don't think she can <laughs> it's just like she 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 has a thing where like she she doesn't like when things aren't explained like she gets kind of upset when a movie tries to brush past like really important details and like it's it's like you need to get over that because like that's most of the things that i watch like just deal with it it's like no nah, it's not gonna fly yeah, we got to get both of our girlfriends in a room together because I bet you they'd have a lot in common to talk about between uh, dating the two of us and being subjected to things they uh, aren't interested in. I'm sure they'd be able to swap a lot of war stories. It would be like the scene in Jaws where they're showing each other their scars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except they'd be talking exactly. about sh- shit-ass movies that their boyfriends have made. He made you watch what? Oh, yeah, I've been in that way. I've been, I've been there before. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Transformers the movie was screened at one point. She didn't make it all the way through, but I, I tried. I, I yeah. Swing and a miss. <laughs> all you can do is try. All you can do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ah, well, that's enough out of me and uh, Evangelion. Uh, how about you, Brad? What you got next? Yeah, I want to go, what do you say, one more maybe? Sure. Yeah, sure, I think sure. I'll I'll end on this one at least. Okay. Because the other ones are either not that exciting, I've either already covered, or I haven't watched any of the uh, movies in the collection. So I'll end with this one. It's not like the most handsome set, I'll be honest. But um, I do kind of like these films, and uh, it's I've seen them all, so I can at least say that. Um, it is the Rec Collection, R-E-C, the um, found footage films, uh, which I, I, the first Rec I'd seen quite a while ago, really liked it. Of course, it was remade in the U.S. Um, because this is a, uh, is it Spanish, a, right? Is it Spanish <clears throat> or is it from Mexico? I think it's Spanish. I think it's Spanish, yeah. Um Really awesome found footage movie. Really intense. Really well done. And uh, just, you know, the differences between this and the American remake. You know, small differences, but they really do make a difference. Like, the ending of this one, way more effective, way creepier. The design of the sort of creature at the end, it's just way better. Um, So I really like this one when I saw it a long time ago. Kept waiting for a North American Blu-ray release of it. And then finally, Scream Factory put out not just that, but the whole Rec franchise, uh, including Rec 2, Rec 3 Genesis, and Rec 4 Apocalypse. Um, 
And I do like Rec 2. I had seen Rec 2, actually. I had, I had seen Rec 2 as well. Rec 2 is good. It's a kind of a little bit similar to Halloween 2, where it just like picks up right where the first one ended. Um, same building and everything. You know, it's a bit of just like going over the same ground, but it is still very effective. And I do believe it is the same directing team from the first one. And then the third and fourth one go a little off the rails. Um, I think it's the directors from the first two. The first two are directed by a pair. And then, yeah, the first two are directed by a pair. And then they each made, each of them, one of them made three and four. So kind of interesting how it's, you know, they've kind of all been involved in some way through the franchise. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fun franchise for sure if you're a fan of zombie films i would definitely recommend the first one for sure it's a great movie probably one of the best horror movies from that decade i would say like the 2000 to 2010 or whatever um and yeah it's you know the set is not like amazing or anything it's kind of just like you know blu-ray cases outer hard box but you know it gets the job done, and I could definitely see me, even the third and fourth one, which I didn't love, I could see myself going back and revisiting those because I kind of mostly, like, the fourth one, I don't even remember. I really don't remember anything about the fourth one. It's on a boat. That's all I remember. The third <laughs> one, I at least remember it's at a wedding, which is kind of fun. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's, they're a, it's a fun little franchise, and I'm glad to glad to own them all for sure. Wow, I I have never actually seen one of those movies front to back. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I saw the first act of the first one, uh, but unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to finish it. And funny enough, uh, I I used to have this really bad habit, and maybe I still do, of uh, getting my friends really hyped for movies that I was hyped about, and then they end up seeing the movie way before I do. <laughs> And it, it was always very embarrassing, but it, it, it has happened to me so many times in my life. And that happened with Wreck 2. Okay. Where I, I, um, I think it was via t- Twitch film, which uh, has rebranded. I don't remember what to, but um, I think I caught the trailer for it through that website back in the day. And I showed it to a good friend of mine and he was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to see this. Like he was super psyched for it because um, it, it, it looked like the raid but shot from perspective involving like a SWAT team going into a tenement building. I was like, this is amazing. Like the trailer for it was incredible. And um, I think the raid actually had come out not too long before or after that. But, um, and actually I had the same situation happen with the raid. (laughs) The same friend, I showed him the trailer for that. I was super hyped for it. He was too. He ended up seeing it like a few years before I did. Oh, really? Um, Even though I caught wind of it way before him. Uh, It just always happens that way with me. But um yeah i always liked the concept uh it looked it looked really solid i didn't realize that the series had continued on that long yeah um the one on, the one at the wedding that i feel like there's a lot of possibilities for that um, I, don't, I don't know if the movie actually executes on any of that but on paper that's like ooh, that's yeah. novel i will say i just looked up my letterboxed ratings and i did like the third one more than the fourth i gave the third one a 2.5 and i gave the fourth one a two so there you go so descending order they, they just get progressively worse i guess yeah. <laughs> well it's a good thing they're done i guess <laughs> or at least it seems like they're done um totally unrelated well tangentially related maybe um there was a trailer i saw on a, like a dvd a long time ago 
I don't know what the movie's called, but uh, you you have a more extensive background with horror than I do, Brad. Um, and I th- it's kind of zombie related, so I guess it's kind of connected to Wreck. Maybe you can sound it out from from this loose description. But okay. the trailer was a found footage film, so it looks like it's shot from perspective using like phones or or just like someone's POV basically. And it's like two buddies. And I think they like go out a night on the town. One of them gets bit by like a zombie girl, and then he gets like superpowers. But then he starts to like degenerate at like like it has a diminishing return quality to it, where it starts out like a benefit, then it turns into like him turning into a monster. That does sound familiar. I don't know what it's called, but I remember that trailer on one of the DVDs on my shelf. So good luck, literal needle in a haystack trying to find that, but. I remember being struck by that trailer and being like, I would watch this, but for some reason I didn't key in on the title, and for the life of me, I, I, I can't remember what it was called. Um, I can probably Google it after the fact, Brad. You're under no pressure to, to find it for me. I was just yeah. hoping maybe you knew it off the top of your head. I don't. It does sound familiar, though. Well, I'll, I'll Google it after the fact, and if I find it, I'll put it in the show notes. Ooh, Mario um, Golf's coming out. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, I just got an ad for that. Okay, well, I guess that means it's time to to wrap it up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Brad, I'm I'm not gonna do another pick here, but uh, did you have any for uh, for a speed round? Yeah, I'll just I'll burn through these quick. Um, okay, I I'll get my stack together too. All right, you want you want me to go first or? I can go first. Okay. Uh, being as you just went, I, I'll give you some time to prep here. Okay. So, folks at home, if you're not aware of how this goes, uh, basically we all have a bunch of uh, runner-ups uh, in terms of things that we could have talked about. Uh, not to say that none of these were worthy of conversation, uh, but just to pay lip service and you know give them the old salute. We're just going to run through these real quick. So these are this isn't going to be a back and forth discussion. It's just going to be us just running through everything that didn't quite make the cut this time out uh so for me uh for my speed round here i have the new fist of the north star uh, box set uh part of the reason why i put this one aside was because this was one of the dumbest ways i've ever bought a movie um this is actually like an ova series uh, so each of these discs is only like 40 minutes long and it was purchased at a suncoast video so each of these discs was about 30 dollars Ooh. Yeah, uh, being a movie collector for DVDs back in the day really fucking sucked. Um, But the reason I say this was one of the dumbest ways I've ever bought a movie was that what you see here is not what I got. What I got was the first disc and the slipcase, this flimsy box. And the idea was you pay a couple bucks extra for the box, and then you have to buy the other things to fill it separately. And my dumb ass actually did that. (laughs) So yeah, that happened. Um, I also have a uh, Record of Lodos War uh, box set. The reason I put this aside is because it's the only type of case that I have like this, where it's uh, you know it's basic slipcase, but it has these shitty like paper oh. thin clamshell oh. cases inside it. That it's takes me back. Yeah, it takes takes you back to the the dark ages, the shitty times. Uh, yeah, uh, this is not a amazing series by any means. It is like a, a expansive universe of stories though uh, apparently this is like a series of novels that uh, you still see 
stuff pop up for, for from time to time. In fact, there's a game that's like on my wish list on Steam right now that has yet to come out, but there's like a demo available for it. So this this franchise is alive and well. Uh, this is just the original OVA series for it. It's okay. It's basically Japanese D and D. Um, I have the RoboCop trilogy on DVD. Uh, I've talked about this before. The reason I bought this was because uh, back in the day, the only way to get the uh, unrated cut of the original RoboCop film was, I think, through the Criterion disc, Mm. uh, which Mm -hmm. was very expensive and hard to find, mostly just hard to find. Um, And the other MGM DVD of this was kind of shit quality and didn't have the uncut version of it. Fortunately, I found this trilogy box set, which unfolds out into a RoboCop shape, by the way, um, which has the uncut version of the first film like in this box set. So I actually went out of my way to hunt this down uh, at like a Silver Platters, I think, back in the day. Hmm. Um, I have a Megalo box. Uh, This is a very, very handsome box set from Viz. Uh, It came with an art book. This is like a special edition of sorts. Uh, I really wish this series was better. Um, because it it combines two of my favorite things sci-fi and boxing um but the animation quality is is erratic like it's not budgeted well where when it should look good it doesn't uh and then the the end to the series is absolutely terrible like horrendous uh it's also an adaptation of ashton ojo uh, which is a very 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 good boxing anime from the 60s uh that's the poster Oh. yonder yeah um it's an adaptation of that and while it, while it does borrow some good components of it the original t- <laughs> webcams are hard brad the original is much 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 better uh i have common rider v3 uh the entire television series it's like 70 fucking episodes or something six disc collector's edition box set uh i bought this i've talked about this before i bought this in hawaii uh, when i was visiting family and whatnot and it just so happens that I was helping out the local businesses over there because this is actually put out by a Hawaiian oh, distributor, uh, Generation Kikaida. Uh, there was a series of uh, Japanese sci-fi television shows that were very, very popular in Hawaii, like almost exclusively. Uh, and so I guess very old fans of those old 70s shows got together and banned their resources and uh, like obtained licensing and distribution of those shows uh via via a factory in hawaii and so i i paid for this uh very happily it was very expensive but at the same time i love common writer and it was very cool to actually buy like a domestic hawaiian dvd that's cool uh, yeah 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 i only have two of those the other one is called blood of the samurai and it was like a live action action tv series that they uh, they aired on like local television in hawaii um and then I have just like a, a stack of shame, uh, not because these are bad movies, but because these are all franchises that carried on after the fact. So now I have like loose discs attached to them. Uh, so I have the Bourne trilogy, which obviously got two more movies after the fact, only one of which I own because that Jeremy Renner one can suck my dick. Um, the other one's OK. Like, it, it's not horrible. Um, I don't know how you feel about Brad, but uh, the the scene in Greece is amazingly choreographed like that scene in particular is really really well put together the Mm -hmm. plot's kind of but yeah it delivers enough in terms of action spectacle but yeah the jeremy renner one is just like a a stumble if you i don't think i ever saw that one you don't need to yeah um i have the mission impossible five movie collection franchise going to be up to seven 
uh, in in a year or two. So fuck. <laughs> um, uh, the Terminator anthology, uh, which only includes the first four films, I can't pay for Genesis. I just can't. We mm-hmm. talked about earlier. I don't want that on my shelf. Um, and Dark Fate was fine. Like it 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 wasn't offensively bad. It was just fine. Uh, so I actually don't own any more Terminator movies than what you just saw. Um, and then I also have the Alien box set and Covenant separately. Do not own Prometheus, though. So I guess that tells you folks at home how I feel about Prometheus. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's about it for my speed round. Uh, balls to you, sir. What you got? Choose um, your destiny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a uh, couple Alfred Hitchcock collections here. Uh, this one's got Notorious, Rebecca, and Spellbound. Real cheap set, real just, you know, just if you want the movies, just buy that. And then I've also got this one. It's the uh, the Essentials collection. And like it says, it's got the Essentials. you got Rear, Rear Window, Vertigo, North by Northwest, Psycho, and The Birds. Most of those are out on 4K now. I think North by Northwest might not have been included in the 4K set that just came out. But basically, they almost put this exact thing out in, uh, in 4K. Um but I only have the Blu-ray version. Uh, this one, awesome set, but the reason I didn't talk about it is I have not watched any movies from it. Um, I was almost brought it up and was just going to say, pass the ball to you, um, but I didn't want to do that. It felt a little unfair to you. It's the Bruce Lee uh, Greatest Hits Criterion, um, which you have as well. Yes, I see it there. I see it. I see it. Um, which is, it's an awesome box, but I just haven't gotten around to checking any of them out, which uh, definitely something I want to do. We have a similar situation, different films, but similar situation uh, with the Omen collection. Um, I have seen the first film. I have seen the first one, but it's been a while, and I've never seen any of the sequels. Very similar to the Rex set, just, you know, basic blue cases outer cardboard packaging not bad you know it, it, it is what it is but i would like to go through and watch these especially the one with uh sam neil where he becomes president or whatever that's i'm very excited to watch that one and then uh this is a gorgeous set but i've talked about it before and i've only seen the first one it's the the ring you collection which i did watch the first ring you um of course i do love the american remake but uh th- i mean this is a great set i love the arrow almost always does a great job um except when they put out Donnie Darko on 4K but we won't talk about that we don't we don't need to get get into that controversy but normally Arrow is uh, one of my favorites yeah and one of these days I'll have to get around to, to watching that whole series um I only saw the first one and actually I may not have even seen the original uh, Japanese version uh, just the Gore Verbinski one and mm-hmm. not the sequel um but it's so important to the history of horror um, that it's, it's like one of those things that's like, you know, you probably should check that out, Trevor. Yeah. Like I said, I should check out a lot of things. I, I'm too busy watching Dolph Lundgren movies and <laughs> Mark Dacascos movies from the 90s. Hey, do what makes you happy. Yeah, and not to be that guy, but it's Ringu. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Yes, of course. Goo. Of course. Goo. My bad, my bad. <laughs> not to be that guy, but... just just to save you a party foul. <laughs> no, I appreciate, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> Ah, but I suppose that's about it for our, our Buffo box sets discussion. Um, so before we go, though, uh, Brad, would you please uh, let the folks at home know where they can find you and your internet what's-its? 
Well, it's the Cinema Speak podcast, so uh, you can search for Cinema Speak on any podcast service that you listen to. Um, we're on Twitter at the Cinema Speak, or we're on Instagram Cinema Speak podcast. And if you just want to listen to us on the web, go to cinemaspeak.libsyn.com. All right, thanks so much for that, Brad, and thank you so much for joining me. It's always yeah. it's always great to to talk about our collections. Yeah, this thanks is, for having me, man. Yeah, this is something I look forward to every month. Yeah, so uh, for sure. hopefully, hopefully the video uh, pans out because I, I hope the folks at home get a chance to see uh, what some of these products look like and uh, the enthusiasm that comes across our faces as we talk about them. But yeah, thanks again for for joining me today. But uh, folks at home, if you'd like to ch- catch up on any of our other catching up on cinema content, uh, you can find all of that collected on our website at catchinguponcinema.com. Uh, we also have a couple of social media accounts in the form of an Instagram at Catching Up on Cinema, as well as a Twitter at Catching Cinema. So feel free to hit me up at either of those and uh, let me know about things I got wrong or things I should see. Uh, and also, the podcast is available on pretty much every platform you can imagine, including Cephalopod. Uh, so fucking Google it. Uh, but that being said, thank you so much for joining us, and we will catch you next time.